0: Good morning to you. It's so good to be here, and I'm Joan Hogan, as Bob just said, welcoming you to the Prairie Doc Radio program. Dr. Rick Holm, our medical expert, is in the studio ready to answer your questions. Dr. Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holmes. Good morning,
1: Joan Hogan. You
0: know, we've had guests here for a few weeks, so it's nice, just, I enjoy the guests, they're great, but it's nice to be just the three of us, yes, (laughs) because Bob is always here ready to fill in any problems we have, right? it
1: is. I mean, the man of great knowledge.
0: Oh, he is that. (laughs) I always tell (laughs) that Bob should have been a geographer because I always call My husband's a geographer, and I always call geographers jack of all trades. They just know a little bit about everything. They really, you know, you can have a social geographer. You can have a physical geographer. You can have a political geographer. It's all... Almost every trade can have a geographer. So I think that's Bob because he knows a little
1: bit about a lot of stuff. There it is. I couldn't spell geography in school, but I (laughs) remember the mnemonic. Do you remember that, Dr. Holm? No. George Ethway's old grandpa rode a pig home yesterday. I know that you've had to employ a lot of those. I have never
0: (laughs) heard that. Say that again, George.
1: George Ethway's old grandpa rode a pig home yesterday. Geography.
0: That was new to me, but I've
1: never heard that mnemonic. I
0: had not. I but had, I made
1: a million of them up to did, get through med school. There is no question. I mean, everything had a mnemonic. Of course, the old Olympics, Towering Tops, uh, thin and German, viewed uh, hops.
0: What the heck was that?
1: That, that? Those are the the twelve cranial nerves.
0: Of course, they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's something we should all need to know. <laughs> hey, uh, not talking of cranial nerves, but we do want to talk about tomorrow night. We'll just mention you have your South Dakota or your South Dakota public television program on at seven o'clock tomorrow night on call with the Prairie Doc. And tomorrow night you will re-air one that did air last October twenty-fifth, and it's caregivers caring for us at home. Right, the
1: whole story about um, uh, being able to live at home when we are disabled in any way really provides a care helper somebody who can facilitate that often it's a spouse but sometimes it's an adult child who helps uh, an elderly parent or parents and uh, facilitates their being able to stay at home most everybody if you ask them where would you like to die in an institution at a hospital or would you like to be at home when it happens?
0: And you know what the answer is. The
1: answer is at home. But where where do people die? 75% of the time they die in an institution somewhere. 75%. And um, it's more often at home in Oregon and Washington than it is in Florida. It's 90% in Florida. It's 30% uh, in, in Oregon and Washington. And part of the reason I think that is is because of the fiercely independent nature of those Northwestern, um, uh, people. And they have gotten really into, I can choose, uh, uh philosophy. And they're, they're the ones that have the, uh, physician assisted, uh, suicide, uh, uh, laws. Not that I'm uh, in favor of it. In fact, I'm, I'm against physician assisted suicide. Uh, but, um. In that area, they have a desire to help people stay at home at the end of their lives, uh, and they do better than the rest of the country. Um, so we can talk about physician-assisted suicide. I, I think that's one of those things that I'd like to at least say. I'm against it because I think it's a slippery slope. If you have the physician assisting you uh, in um in your own uh, here's some poison pills for you to take then you you can take them when you're ready to die if you have dementia that's a judgment call you shouldn't that's it's a poor ju- it's a disease of poor judgment it's a poor judgment thing i think to, to choose to uh 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 to end your own life to end your own life and i i think it's just i don't think it's it's the right thing i i think that we should cherish the moments that we have left and if we're in pain then the pain medicine should go up. And if you're still in pain, then the pain medicine should go up. And if you die from pain medicine, okay. But I don't think that we should take a poison or a a, a doctor should facilitate that. I mean, they, they, they say that if you, as a physician, write an order for someone to take poison, you should also be at the side when they take it. So you make sure it happens because what happens is, uh, oftentimes a person gets sick. They vomit the p- pain pills; they're only half uh, poisoned, um, and they get brain dead from it, the whole experience. And so, not a good thing. No one. One suggestion is what you do as a doctor at the s- bedside if they if they get into trouble like that is you put the bag over their head and and um, suffocate them. Well, I, it, it, I that's why I'm against it it's not right and I think we what we need to do if a person who is terminal from any illness is depressed let's treat the depression let's bring them out of depression let's help them through the tough time and a lot of people who who see the end of their lives and they 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 look at the look backwards and they say what did I do with my life uh you know they get depressed and so I think the other thing we can do is live that life the way you should you know live it in a good way, you know, care for your fellow humans and and um, and and be positive about the quality of your life and live it to its fullest till it's gone and and we're done. And that that will come to all of us. But I'm not in favor of physician assisted suicide.
0: Well, you know I'm not. So we're I know you're on that. Okay, we're going to take a break now, but we uh, we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK. Some of you are listening from the Brooklyn area on your AM radio, and others of you are listening right now from anywhere in the world via the KBRK Internet live stream. Either way, we invite you questions. Give us a call at 605 692 1430. We'll return following this informative message from the Avira Medical Group.
2: Autism Spectrum Disorder is a developmental disability that can cause significant social communication and behavioral challenges. Many people with ASD also have different ways of learning, paying attention, or reacting to things. Signs of Autism Spectrum Disorder begin during early childhood and typically last throughout a person's life. The cause of autism is unknown. If you have questions about your child's development, talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Duck Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. We were talking at the outset about caregivers caring for us at home, and the reason we brought that topic up is because Dr. Holm tomorrow night will be discussing it with uh, Franny Arneson, who's a doctor with the Avira Medical Group. In oh, she's Sioux Falls. a palliative
1: care expert, and she is a joy. She's one of those people you walk in the she walks in the room, and your heart turns golden, and you feel warmer. You know she's one of those loving, caring uh, people, and uh, and she was she was just great, great. to
0: be, ha- be on the show with. Yeah. Well, good. The other thing I should mention, and I always kind of find this humorous, a um, uh, Madery Creek Hunt Club in Aurora is having aiming to inspire health. So it's a, a sporting day tournament on Thursday, August fifteenth. It's a fundraiser for the. Um, Brookings, uh, Brookings Health System, Health System.
1: Uh, Foundation.
0: But it's sort of like having a gun show at a high school. Somehow it just doesn't fly. I guess I'm just, now I'm going to irritate half the audience, I guess. Oh, and it's not, great fun. I've I, competed every fun. year when I oh, can.
1: You, well, oh, gosh, okay. it's wonderful fun. Okay. I mean, shooting clays, oh, that's okay. so great. And going pheasant hunting with your dad, I love it. This, that's the heart of the world. That's, 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 sort of the joys of life and of course then you eat the pheasant because you kill what you what you eat what you kill you don't kill and then call it you know sport
0: I can never get past growing up in the west side of Chicago you know guns were not for hunting there no they (laughs) were for hunting humans so yeah so it was I just have that mindset on guns and it's wrong I know because they're People, as you say, have so much joy when they go hunting with their family or hunting with their parents. But at any rate, I will say positive things about Aiming to Inspire Health. It's going to be August 15th. We would love you to register. You can register at the Brickens Health System Foundation or you can call the Brickens Health System Foundation at 696-8855. Put in the, a good plug.
1: The last, The last clay they use, they run it sideways. So the clay bounces like a rabbit. Along, you know, and it's really pretty darn fast. Really hard to get because it bounce, 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 bounce. And you, you just can't like a rabbit
0: would, it. and you try to get it. Huh? On the
1: other hand, you know, sometimes the 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 clay uh, flies away fr- behind you, so that you catch it just like a bird uh, uh flying away. It's re- it's and and then when you can shoot a clay and you see it explode in the air, it's a real.
2: Uh, it's okay. Thrill.
1: It's a yeah. it's it's fun. Do g- join a this uh this uh, effort and uh, raise a little money for Bricking health system and uh, at the same It'll be time August 15th have a great t- time you get a group of 4 is how that works
0: okay well they can find out more about it again at the foundation and the number is 6968856
1: all right okay? thanks so for doing that so we put our plug Log. in for that Good. <laughs>
0: Glad to do it.
1: Caregiving. Caregiving, uh, well, yes, sir. I want to talk about depression that commonly c- comes with a person who is isolated, and they're the only person there hanging with Aunt Sally, and Sally is sick and and, and maybe a little demented, so she uh, is uh, uh, a little irritated. And, uh, you know, you need to find out why she's irritated. Is there a pain that's going on? Is there a sword? Does she need to be turned? Is there a bo- Does someone need... You bathroom care, right. you know, those kinds of things. It's, it's a, um, as the boomers get older, there's gonna be a lot of these people who need care, and home is the best place if you can facilitate it. And if you can't, I'll tell you what, a, an assisted living uh, scenario is one where uh, if you're able to get up and, and, and uh, move around, uh, and, uh, but you, you have some limitations, assisted living is a social club it should be called um the social (laughs) club you can't go into those places you know uh in the morning but there's about 14 little coffee clutches going on they're playing cards over here they're having they're listening to music over there and then noon um so i you know when i when i make rounds at the arlington uh, nursing home uh, they're happy they're settled into their lives. They have their friends there. They have their schedule there. They have their morning nap. Then they have, they have their breakfast, which is the best meal of the day. Then their morning nap. Then they have lunch. And then they have an, an early afternoon nap. And then they come out and there's all these activities and ball playing and, you know, whatever it might be. And then they have supper. And then they it's go to bed pretty card. early. They're generally done by 8. You know, in bed and and uh, watching TV, or or gone.
2: Right.
0: The nice thing about that, you have mentioned this before, and I think it's so important because I know of more people who have said, "Well, I've told my kids they put me in a nursing home, and and they're disowned, or you know, don't ever yeah. do that to me." I've made them promise they'd never do that. That is the worst Duh. thing you can do. Absolutely. Because right. so many times oh. it's necessary, as you said at the outset, it is so important to stay at home as long as you can. People who stay at home are really benefit from it. But if the time comes, please don't put the onus on your kids that they shouldn't uh, put you, because there's time when it's necessary.
1: You know, my, my mom uh, uh, finally had to move from her house in DeSmet to an apartment. and That and, was a hard move. That was a hard move, but she made it she she dumped all of the junk in her house sold all my stuff my dad's tools i'm always i'm still kind of oh i should have been there <laughs> um, and then um but she moved into apartment, stayed there for five to ten years and then she she lost ability to do some things and finally she moved into an assisted living oh my gosh she was resistant and angry and frustrated until about two months into it and then Got into the swing of it and developed some new friends and just and I remember uh, taking her from the uh, bringing her f- home from the lake back to her assisted living place and she said to, to me I never thought I'd love to come back to this place but I really love this place and then she had a s- significant stroke could no longer stay there and they were reluctant to, to say to me I can't we can't hold her we can't keep her anymore but they they couldn't you know she was yeah. way past that. So into the nursing home, she was resistant and angry and frustrated for about two months, you know. <laughs> and, then and then she, then she was she, okay. Oh, my gosh. And she developed friendships with the, the nursing staff, as did the nursing staff love loved my mom. And, you know, it was one of those deals. I'd come there, oh, Rick. Oh, I mean, Dr. home. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom just was talking mm-hmm. about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I, I think we go through You'd stages. You go through
0: stages, life. but to make. Uh, ridiculous claims and promises that you're never going to do this. It's just wrong. It's hard on your family and it's just not the right thing to do. You know,
1: they've described Zen, Buddhism. Uh, And I don't know anything more about it, but somebody was saying one of the philosophies of the Eastern religions is that when you get shoved into a river, there's two ways to go. You can swim against the current, fight it, fight it, hate it, angry, fight, swim. Or you can kind of lay back on your back, go with the current like you're on the Apple River in Wisconsin near Minneapolis, and float with the current, look at the trees, enjoy the, 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 the clouds in the sky, and um, go with it. I think we need to do that more in life.
0: I think that's a good point, just plain go with it. Well, on that note, we're going to go to our next break. If you have any questions of us, be sure to give us a call at 692-1430, and we'll be back right after these words.
2: Traumatic brain injury, or TBI, is a serious public health problem in the United States. Each year, traumatic brain injuries contribute to a substantial number of deaths and causes of permanent disability please remember to wear your helmet when biking and teach your child to do the same the best treatment for traumatic brain injury is prevention brought to you by the vera medical group brookings
0: hey welcome back to prairie doc radio joan hogan here with dr home we've been discussing uh the problems that might come with aging the problems of staying in your home which can be really beneficial Or moving to an assisted living Mm -hmm. or a nursing home. These are all beneficial steps. And I loved your Zen. Just go with it. Yeah, go with the flow. Sometimes you just have
1: to. Uh, You know, uh, kids sometimes get overprotective of their parents. I'm not going to let you drive again. Well, if you are competent as an elderly person, nobody has the right to choose that you're not going to drive except you. If you're incompetent, and, uh, you know, then that's another story. I think there is a point, though, that you would make the choice not to drive at night or not during the day, or maybe a time to just call your kids, to tr- take you here, take you there. I think that's uh, part of it. If you're putting people at risk, uh, then it might be a good idea to let someone else drive. But if you're competent, you have the choice, and you no one else should take that choice from you. Correct. That's one thing I wanted to say. The other thing, I wanted to react to your, your point about uh, don't, Tell your kids never to put me in the nursing home. Someone will or, or, they're gonna do that anyway. And People then will say feel more guilty. And and put your kids in a really bad spot. Kids never say, I promise you I won't put you in the nursing home. Never say that. Just say to your dad when he's cornering you, promise me you'll never put promise me. I promise to always do the very best thing for you and to care for you and love you and respect your choices as much as I can
0: that's the promise to make
1: that's the promise. i respect your choices as much as i can
0: sounds good well while we were talking we had a question come in and it had to do with arthritis something different of course arthritis does often hit people when they get older this woman called in and she's 68 and her finger joints have become more arthritic in appearance in the past few years She's never in pain but finds that she's unable to open tight jars and tend to drop things easily. Mm-hmm. Because she's not in pain, she really hasn't worried too much about it. Should she be concerned that this condition is going to become painful? Does arthritis always become painful is no. probably a question.
1: No, and I think, you know, dis- deformed fingers happens to almost everybody as you get older. It's some more uh, and some less. Mm -hmm. but it just it's it uh, they happen and you lose your strength in your hands and you lose your mobility if you're not using them Uh so what my point is uh for people who have some arthritis in their hands keep using them and i think there's some exercises that you know go to the uh, internet and look up uh different sources don't just pick one and then stick with that one look at a variety of different resources but there are exercises that you can use, and if you don't use them, you will lose them. If you don't bend that joint periodically, uh, then you'll lose it. If you're not use, if you're not opening jars, uh, your strength is going to wane. You've got to keep using your hands, and there's exercises: balls to squeeze, you know, springs to squeeze. Different kinds of exercises. And, you know, ask your physical therapist, what would be the best thing for me? If it's not hurting you, I think that's the main thing that you can take is it's okay to keep using them. If it hurts you a lot, then then you need to be careful. Uh, So an active, inflamed, painful joint, sometimes the best thing is not to use it. But when it isn't hurting you, use it or you'll lose it.
0: Okay, so arthritis doesn't always have to be painful. That's no. the take home on that. Yes. Good. Okay. Uh, our next quar- caller had a question about uh, endometriosis. Her daughter has endometriosis. Can you talk about the condition and what can be do- done to alleviate the pain of this? For first, tell us what that
1: is. Right, endometriosis is where the lining of the uterus, right, is sloughs once a month. In a natural process, preparing the lining of the the, the uterus for a um, a baby, you know, an implanted egg, and then to raise a baby, and the lining kind of just sheds once a month. That's and that's the the, the whole menstrual cycle right. uh, thing. Sometimes the lining of the uterus, whether it happens when the baby is forming within her mama's womb. Or whether that happens sometime during, you know, um, after birth, uh, the lining tissue cells that shed once a month, right? Sometimes are become outside the uterus. They implant on the sometimes within the abdominal cavity, floating around free there. Uh, they're released, and they'll they'll maybe they'll stick on the wall of a bowel, or they'll stick on some momentum, or they'll stick on. Uh, the the lining outside uh, the uterus. And then every month, when it's time to shed the, the old tissue and to bleed, it bleeds into the abdomen. And people will have blood in the abdomen. It's painful. It's irritating. It's, it's inflammatory. Terrible. And yeah. people who have endometriosis will commonly have severe abdominal pain or they'll have horrible menstrual cycle pain. Uh, bouts and uh, and it's not just the menstrual uh, sloughing but it's the it's the other endometriosis areas are uh, are that's scattered the without the ab within the abdomen
0: what's done to alleviate it uh, then?
1: that's a tough question sometimes if you'll use um, uh, birth control pills that prevent that sloughing once a month uh, then you can prevent the pain or reduce the pain uh, sometimes uh, surgery is needed. They go in and they clean out the areas where the endometriosis uh, is. Um, and as it, sometimes it just goes away on its own after uh, menopause. So it's, um, it's one of those deals where, uh, th- I, I know there are better answers to that, to it than, than what I just explained because this is not my field. Right. I usually took my patients who had endometriosis or suspected and would bring them, walk them right over to the OBGYN doctor. <laughs> take,
0: please take care of this patient. Take this person. <laughs> right. you know,
1: you're an expert in this. But so there is,
0: probably are some things that alleviate pain. There are pain. some things are that some you answers. can do, yes. So if she's just suffering, say don't suffer alone. No. Go ahead and talk to your doctor about it? Yes. Okay, all right. Well, we are uh, running a little short on time. We have time for our last break, and we
2: will do that right
0: after these words.
2: By living a healthy lifestyle, you can help keep your blood pressure, cholesterol, and glucose or sugar level normal and lower your risk for heart disease and heart attack. A healthy lifestyle includes the following, eating a healthy diet, maintaining a healthy weight, getting enough physical activity, not smoking or using other forms of tobacco, and limiting alcohol use. Talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings if you have concerns about heart disease, 697-9500.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Dock Radio. We're happy to have you listening. to Dr. Holm is here, ready to answer any questions you might have, and he has answered a few of them. This is not a question, but this was in the news this morning. Um, Five children in Sisseton are sick with E. coli poisoning. They haven't found the source yet. It might also be some kids in Minnesota, too. Uh, You haven't heard of this yet. Did they talk about
1: the symptoms, vomiting and diarrhea?
0: No, I just caught... Perry our Mm. newsman here as Mm -hmm. I was coming in the studio and I said Perry do you know anything more about it he said no we just
1: know the kids are sick and right so you know what Montezuma's revenge is
0: I've heard about it never been to Mexico so I didn't suffer it. oh you haven't
1: It's an interesting place to visit (laughs) yeah and uh they
0: call it Montezuma's revenge Revenge because because you're down
1: in Mexico and you get diarrhea and vomiting and and uh and it's because uh there is a different uh, cleanliness um, habit there. In, in South Dakota, in particular, we clean everything. Everything is perfectly clean. We cook it, we provide, you know, so anything that we're eating or the majority of what we're eating is close to sterile uh, or just a little bit of the common contaminant, which is E. coli. E. coli is, of course, the major bacteria that grows in fecal material and it's everywhere it's everywhere it's everywhere um, it might not be in that person who doesn't poop but let's put it that way nobody al- <laughs> is alive who we don't doesn't know that poop. person right. I <laughs> so the point is we're all surrounded by it and there's more of it when you're in a, a third world country where the cleanliness is not so obsessive like we have in south dakota and so when you travel down to mexico and you go through the the um, the the restaurant they'll bring you you know uh, food if you can't peel it they say don't eat it don't eat the apple because the outside of the apples is contaminated everything is contaminated and you you know if you if you get just too much of it you will get diarrhea and vomiting from too much e-coli but some people get used to it i mean in the old days i'm sure there were lots more of it and people wasn't aware of cleanliness, was not aware of bacteria, and um, if you couldn't see it, it wasn't there. So, I mean, my point about it is um, there must have been some contaminated food that those kids got into. You know, uh, maybe it was just old uh, banana cream pie sitting in the window at the the, uh, restaurant. That was the big classic story they said in med school when I was going through the E. coli. And even if you, let's say you had... A, uh, a contaminated meat a chicken that sat in the refrigerator for more than a week, right? So it's sitting there. There was some E. coli. It got more. It got. It started growing even in the refrigerator a week later. E. coli was, uh, and you, and you, um, you said, okay, it could be contaminated, and you put it in a pot and you, you, um, you steamed it so that it would kill the bacteria. It didn't kill the shell and the the outside um, form of the, of the bacteria. And so it, it it really isn't the live bacteria that make you sick. It's the bacteria's body that makes you sick. And so you can't sometimes take that old food and cook it and think you're going to be all right because you end up with the toxin, the E. coli toxin. And so that's the, what happens is our body says, no, we don't want that food in your stomach. <laughs> goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, and it goes up, and we, it says we don't want that bacteria in your colon either. Zoom, and it's gone, and your body's fixing it, fixing the problem. Of course, it makes you miserable in the in the meantime.
0: Right. Well, let's hope they're all okay.
1: So that's the story. I mean, okay. the point about it is: be careful what you you eat, and throw away the old chicken in the refrigerator. You know.
0: Definitely, and watch the fresh fruits and vegetables that come in. It's always good to wash them off. Wash em. Right. Wash them. We Warsham, just had if some. If
1: you're from South Dakota, it's Warsham. Warsh,
0: Warsh. Just had some great sweet corn, the first sweet corn of the season. Oh, no, uh, you a did. A local farmer did. just brought it over. At the, uh, thank you, thank you. It's it's always fun to get that first, first of the season. Hey, we have run out of time. We do appreciate you listening today, and we've enjoyed... Uh, being with you on Prairie Doc Radio. We hope you'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc Library. Visit us at www.prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Dr. Holm. It's so good to be with you, and
1: that's it for this week. Thank you, Joan, and thank you, Bob. And then tonight, or tomorrow night, don't miss this show with Franny. She's wonderful. And we'll talk about caregivers and care providing and that type of time. So, what a joy. Love you guys. Stay healthy out there, people.